Thanks for joining us. We are in a series going through the Gospel of Luke, and today we're finding ourselves in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. So if you have your Bibles or if you're using an app, just go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. And if you don't know where the Gospel of Luke is, in the beginning of your Bible there's a table of contents. I really do actually want you to use it. By using it, you will become more familiar with where things are. And, uh, and so I just don't want you to have any kind of insecurity or shame in, in using the table of contents. So when you have it, Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 16, uh, here's what it says. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, do not tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing and as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that we have uh, these encounters that we're able to read about where you are uh, dealing with people. And specifically, Lord, for this man who you healed from leprosy, I pray, Jesus, that we will learn more about your love and your compassion towards us as it relates to the things that, well, Lord, they tend to separate us from others. Uh, And so, Lord, would we have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that are open to you today. In your name I pray. Amen. So, since the fall of man in Genesis, we, we have this whole thing of, of illnesses and, and weaknesses that have entered the human condition. Uh, there's been death and disease, and one of the worst manifestations of sin uh, and the curse which causes death and disease is this disease of leprosy. Now, leprosy is not something that is, is fairly common in our modern day. We, we've figured out what it is and, and this treatment for it. And so we certainly do see it, but not to the extent that it was seen back in the Old and in the New Testaments. And most certainly, back in the Old and New Testaments, there wasn't a cure. As a matter of fact, the only way that a person was going to be cured of leprosy was if God himself cured them. That was the belief. That was the understanding. So Dr. Alan Gillen gives a quick rundown of this disease of leprosy. So here's what he says it's like. Many have thought leprosy to be a disease of the skin, but it's better classified as a disease of the nervous system because leprosy bacterium attacks the nerves. Its symptoms start with the skin and the peripheral nervous system, which is outside the brain and the spinal cord, then spreads to other parts such as the hands and the feet, face, and even earlobes. Patients with leprosy experience disfigurement of the skin and bones, twisting of the limbs, the curling of the fingers to form a characteristic claw hand. Facial changes include the thickening of the outer ear or the collapsing of the nose. Tumor-like growths called lepromas may form on the skin and in the respiratory tract. The optic nerve may deteriorate. The largest number of deformities develop from a loss of pain sensation due to this extensive nerve damage. And so people are bumping into things. They're injuring themselves, which is causing some of the majority of the deformities. So, for instance, he says, inattentive patients can pick up a cup of boiling water without flinching. This is a horrible disease. It is extremely 
painful. Uh, it's debilitating. It certainly creates all sorts of levels of insecurities because of what's happening with your body. And I want us to understand that, that one of the primary points I think we need to get out of this is that Jesus can do what an Old Testament priest could not do. In Leviticus uh, chapters 13 and 14, there's these regulations that are given concerning lepers. And in, as it relates to the ceremonial law, and it's important to see that in the Old Testament, all the priest could do is examine the person's body. And then if they find leprosy on them, well, they would then put them out of the camp. When it came to leprosy, they inspected the skin issues and they made determinations according to the Mosaic law. But they actually couldn't do anything to alleviate the suffering. In this text, we see that Jesus can do what men cannot do. Luke shows us that there's this theme that runs here through here, this truth that Jesus alone can forgive sin and Jesus can make someone who was unclean, clean. Like only Jesus can forgive sin and only Jesus is able to make someone who was unclean, clean. So the disease of leprosy is often compared to a spiritual disease of sin. Like leprosy, sin may look to be only on the surface, but it really runs actually quite deep attacking the nervous system. It is seen as incurable apart from the work of God. And so today, this man that we read about today has been excluded from the temple and all the religious activities and is considered a social outcast. So let's talk about the man's condition. Verse 12, right? Verse 12 says, uh, while he was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. You can make me clean if you are willing. And so Luke indicates clearly here that this, man, uh, this man's leprosy was in advanced stages. Full of leprosy, it says. And at this stage, he would have been very much disfigured in his appearance. His fingers and toes well, they may not likely have been present anymore. Perhaps even blindness was setting in. He walked and potentially stooped over and, and, and probably limped up to Jesus. And so Jesus does something here that nobody else was capable of doing. And Luke wants us to understand that this man's condition was terminal. And the leper was isolated from everyone else. So the only people who could speak to lepers were other lepers. No longer could he be friend, have his normal friends that he would have had growing up. He couldn't have contact with his family anymore. A husband had to leave his wife or a wife or husband. Children had to leave their home and live alone, isolated from all that they knew and loved. As a matter of fact, Leviticus uh, chapter 13, verse 45 and 46 say this. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, right? So that's an identifying marker. Let their hair be unkept. Cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean. And so the idea here is that whenever you would see a, a leper, you would yell, unclean, unclean. And as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Now, before we get too harsh with people, one of the things you have to remember is that if the belief is that this is a disease that only God can cure, then nobody else wanted this disease. And part of what was taking place here is making sure that the rest of the Israelites were not going to be, be succumbing to the disease of leprosy. And so you would keep them outside the camp. You would isolate them 
in order to make sure that their disease was not going to impact everyone else. And so Jesus was probably traveling on the outskirts of one of the cities because those with leprosy were not permitted to enter the town because their illness was contagious. And so perhaps the man was so desperate that he came right into the city. We're not likely to think that. But somehow this man heard that Jesus was healing people. The leper was literally the living dead or a walking corpse, you could say. One with this disease had to stay outside the camp or the walled city. And I want you to notice that that's where Jesus was. That's where Jesus was crucified. He went outside of the camp to save those who were unclean and forbidden by Levitical law to enter. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 11 and 12 say it this way. The high priest carries the blood of the animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. So there's something else about this man's condition, though, that I think should be noticed. As deformed and mangled as he was on the outside, there was something quite amazing that was happening on the inside. You see, he didn't approach Jesus as a long shot for healing. He wasn't trying Jesus. He wasn't testing it out and seeing if it worked for him. So many times I read or hear of people say, just try Jesus. But this particular poor soul knew that Jesus could heal him. Like there wasn't a doubt in his mind that Jesus could heal him. If you are willing, you can heal me. It wasn't a question of whether or not Jesus had the power to heal him. He knew that Jesus had the power. The power wasn't the issue. He believed and he had faith that Jesus possessed this power. The issue was willingness. And the trend in the days of Jesus was for rabbis to avoid those who were sick. There's actually an account uh, that says that a Jewish rabbi in those days boasted that he wouldn't even buy bread on the street where a leper had been. And there was another rabbi who boasted about throwing rocks at a leper. Jesus is different. He doesn't throw rocks. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And literally, Lord, if it pleases you, or Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This man is desperate. Like, have you ever been so desperate that you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I know you can do this. If you are willing, please do this. Like, place yourself in this man's situation. You're slowly dying, literally kind of rotting on your bones. You're losing fingers. You're so horrible to look at that you've stopped looking into a mirror years ago. You stay covered with old, tattered clothing, and there's this horrible stench because the disease is working on your skin, and it hurts so much to bathe. You've not had contact with those you love, and you can't do anything about it. I would imagine for a lot of people, they succumb to this form of depression that would kick in. This sorrow, this agony. Now you've heard that there's a man whose words have authority. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and he's healing diseases. You're even hearing that he's casting demons out. And so you go from hopelessness to hopefulness. You believe that he has the power to cleanse you, but will he? Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And it's interesting because we sit here and, we, and sometimes in our world, we don't necessarily think of things this way. It's not necessarily the forefront of our minds, but 
But we, you know, we could ask, like, does Jesus still have the power to heal today? Have you ever prayed for healing? And most importantly, I think it's important for us to recognize that Jesus has the power not just to heal us from disease, but ultimately from sin. He has the power. And so you find then in, in verse 13, this idea of what does it mean for him to be willing? Verse 13, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Like, aren't you so glad that, that Jesus is moved by compassion and willing to heal? We must see that the compassion of Jesus had for this hopeless man is the same compassion that he has for the hopeless sinner. Like, it's all the same. There's a word here that gets used. Um, that it's a Greek word. It's katharizo. And it means to make clean, to, to cleanse. And specifically, there's the kind of two categories he talks about it. In the physical sense, it's this idea uh, to be cleansed from physical stains to, you know, things like utensils. Uh, certainly a, a leper to cleanse by curing or to remove by cleansing. But there's this other avenue of it that talks about this moral cleansing. To be free from defilement of sin and faults, to purify from wickedness, to free from the guilt of sin, to purify, to consecrate by cleansing or purifying. And so this word, catharizo, it, it, it is this word that Jesus uses to talk about making him clean. But it's like it's actually a twofold cleansing that's taking place here. It's physical and it's moral and spiritual. When Jesus spoke Catharizo, the man went from having rotting flesh to having flesh like a newborn baby. He was totally clean. And not only was the healing complete and total, but it was also immediate. Jesus said it. It happened. Done. One second he was covered with leprosy and the next covered by pure skin. Everyone saw it. And it seems that this man was completely cleansed, body and soul. He recognized that Jesus is Lord, calls him that. He recognizes that Jesus had the power to heal an incurable disease that everyone understood could only be cured by God. And then Jesus says he's willing to cleanse this man. So then Jesus speaks catharizo, which means to cleanse externally from defilement and dirt and disease. And it means to make clean in the sense of being purified from the guilt and defilement of sin. Now remember, it is understood that only God was able to cure somebody of leprosy. So when Jesus does it with a word, what is he saying? He's saying that he's God. He is the great high priest who can do what no earthly priest could do. Not only is he willing to cleanse disease, but Jesus is also willing and able to forgive sin. Now, one other thing that Luke reports while Jesus spoke this word of healing is that he touched the man. Now, this is significant. Jesus touching the leper is significant because that kind of contact would have made Jesus ceremonially unclean, according to Leviticus 13, 42 to 46. So a physical examination of, uh, sorry, the physical communication of charity meant suffering ceremonial uncleanliness 
that could affect his involvement in corporate worship. In other words, Jesus wouldn't be allowed to be in temple and, and participate in the Sabbath uh, worship. So given that Jesus' other miracles have occurred through the mere speaking of his word, it's clear that the act of touching is intentional. Jesus didn't need to actually touch the leper. That's important to note. In other instances, if you just even think about Simon's, uh, like Simon Peter's mother-in-law, all Jesus had to do was speak, and she was healed. He would speak, and demons would come out. But here's this man of leprosy. He's outside the camp, socially unclean, not able to be dealt with, most certainly not able to be touched. Jesus heals him by word, but he touches him. In other words, everyone else may have cast this guy out, but Jesus didn't. John chapter 6, verse 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Did the leper come to him? He did. And in an act of compassion, Jesus heals him, but he also touches him. The leper was one of the fathers. He's one that the father had given the son, this disfigured, hideous man who was hated and mocked by everyone, but deeply loved by Jesus. Like That's the Jesus we have. He's also the one that we are to model. And so he touched him and he spoke, be clean. Now, if you're like this leper and you come to Jesus by faith, he will speak that same word to you. Catharizo, be clean. Your sins will be forgiven and you will be made clean. And, and, and so there's this incredible encounter where I imagine that anybody that was present would have been surprised that this leper would have come to Jesus, a rabbi, surprised that the rabbi would have, in, well, he would have encouraged the communication. He would have been present. He wouldn't have just ran away, surprised that he would have touched him. And that's amazing to me. Because in life, there are so many people who feel like they're the outcast. In life, there are so many people who feel like they're outside the camp and don't have access to the Lord. But what we learn in this story is that it doesn't matter how far outside the camp you think you are or others tell you you are, that when you approach the Lord, He receives you. And He's willing to make you clean. Now from this encounter, we, we continue reading verses 14 and 15. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that, are, that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him to be healed of their sickness. So Jesus first tells the healed man to tell nobody, by, um, nobody this by bringing more attention on yourself and bringing more attention to me, the healer. He must remember Jesus' purpose was to heal souls of sin by seeking out and saving the lost. His primary purpose was not physical healing. His primary purpose was ushering in the kingdom of God and bringing spiritual healing. So along with this prohibition, Jesus also gave the man a positive command. So first off, he says, don't tell anyone about this. And in a positive sense, he says, go show yourself to the priest and make the approved offering. And in doing this, the man would be reinstated back into society because, well, he would have been cleansed. 
he could go home to his wife, his family, maybe he had kids. And we actually don't even know the age of this person. But what we do know is that they likely had some level of family and friends that they were able to go back to. He could have his life back. He didn't have to stand at a distance anymore shouting unclean. Leviticus 14, 1-7 tells the, the offering that the cleansed leper had to bring to the priest. The leper goes to the priest, passes inspection, but did he keep silent? Luke chapter 5, 15 says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came near him to be healed of their sicknesses. Luke writes this account, and, and certainly we're not given the answer in this account as to why the, how the information came out. Mark, however, he reports that the cleansed man who took the, it was, it was the cleansed man who took the lead in sharing this amazing news. And, and it makes sense to me. Like, I, you know, like, you got to remember that he didn't necessarily, in his excitement, in his overjoyed state of being, from being cleansed, from having his life restored, um, it, it, I don't think it's that he wanted to necessarily or really thought about that, the idea of disobeying Jesus. What we read here is in Mark chapter 1, verse 45, it says, Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to, to him from everywhere. And so Jesus' prohibition was the idea of, hey, I don't want other people to overwhelm me and miss out on the kingdom of God conversation, the good news, the gospel. But instead, I want you to do this quietly so that I'm able to continue doing the ministry I'm called to do. And this guy, in his excitement, in his overjoyed state, he's telling everyone. He's just telling everyone. So we see that Mark gives us the reason that Jesus didn't want the good news to be spread, right? Uh, he didn't want to be so famous that he couldn't enter a town without being mobbed by people who were looking for healing. So he began teaching outside the gates of the cities, and the people came out to hear the gospel from him. Now, Luke closes this section by telling us that Jesus also went out into remote places to steal away and be alone with the Lord. He prayed to God. And for Luke, and you're going to find this all throughout the gospel of Luke, for Luke, prayer is a very important part of Jesus' ministry. More than any other gospel writers, Luke speaks of the importance of prayer in the life of Jesus. And so Jesus said he came to minister to those in need. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 16, it shows us that ministry extends to the very bottom rungs of the social ladder. Those who were considered the untouchables. No one is beyond the potential touch of Jesus' love. That's the point here. And so no matter if you are a king or a lowly leper, Jesus' touch is needed. His words are needed for cleansing. Do you ever reach out to Jesus, the great high priest? Not only, sorry, he, he not only declares one to be clean, he alone has the power to make someone clean. Are you in need of forgiveness? Do you need to have your sin removed? Then my encouragement to you would be, come to Jesus. This leper was the social outcast. Nobody was able to have contact with him. And yet when he approaches Jesus, Jesus receives him. He had faith in the ability of Jesus to do so. 
And he seeked to find whether or not Jesus was willing to do so. And what we learn in this is that when we come to Jesus by faith, we will experience the forgiveness of God today. So whatever it is, you are never too far gone for God. Never too far gone for Jesus. There is nothing that you are capable of doing that will prevent Jesus from loving you, from forgiving you when you reach out to him, from entering into relationship with you. So, like the leper, why not take the risk to no longer be the outcast? Like the leper, why not go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I I can't do anything with this. Only you can heal me. So whatever the this is, maybe it's some past experiences you've had. Maybe it's some decisions you've made. Maybe, maybe there are people that you wounded. Maybe there's, there's just stuff that's gone on in life. Maybe you've been wounded by people and you just feel like you're on the outside and looked at as unclean. I want you to know that Jesus can cleanse you. You don't have to be on the outside anymore. So come to Jesus by faith and experience the forgiveness of God today. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much that you are the God of forgiveness. And then this story, this account of you with the man who had leprosy, Lord, I thank you that that we have this encounter to be able to look on and see that you are the God who doesn't have outcasts, that you will reach out your hand to all those who would ask you, and that you are willing, willing, Lord, to cleanse us from sin. And so, Lord God, I pray that we would be a people that would just pursue you and press into your forgiveness. In your holy and precious name I pray, Lord. Amen.